produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. another issue of Wookiee Radio. It's the Smugglers 3, Derek, Ken, and myself, Mike. And I apologize, we weren't on last week with a new episode because, well, as you've probably heard with some other shows who do news coverage as well, there really wasn't none. <laughs> okay, that was a double negative. There wasn't any. Yeah, there was very little news. And also we had the um, First Order working with the Empire to try to keep us off the airwaves. Yeah. And that- also, you know, stuff. Stuff. <laughs> Those were the empire. So, um, we're doomed. No, we're not C3PO. Just we're getting there. Yeah, th- things are good. Um, so yeah, check out the website wikiradio.net. Uh, affiliate links down the side. Check out our store as well. Uh, we've got some great stuff there. Sweatshirts, need them this time of year for sure. Jerseys, hockey, baseball hats, winter hats, t-shirts, Lago stuff, cool stuff. Check it all out. Um, I'm hoping to eventually get not only Wookie Radio, Mighty Marvel Geeks, and Weeby geeks but hopefully get some stuff from keepers and and dc superpowers on there yeah i just gotta give you the info yeah so Mm -hmm. um so let's get right to the news as used to be oh what was that show that had gary gnus i know and that's the first thing that jumped into my head as soon as you said that no gnus is good good news i know right yeah with gary that was what was the show show again the Great Space, the great space Coaster. Coaster. And there's like three different people fighting over um, who actually owns the rights to that. That's why we've never gotten it on anything. It's never been re-released. Oh, really? Because there's like three huh. different, like the company, the guy who created it originally, and someone else that are all fighting to see who has the rights to it. Wow. Well, that that's what I was about to say. <laughs> was the no, last week. There's no good news, like good good news with Gary good news. So, yeah. Um, I would think Gary might exist in this universe of Star Wars, maybe. Uh, we got plenty of other puppets. Possibly. So let's go ahead and start getting into the news. Yeah, well, we know the Mandalorian's coming for Disney Plus later next year. Well, Disney, um, there's been rumors on the last couple of weeks, lots and lots of rumors about who's cast, who's not cast, how we're going to do this. We've even talked about Pedro Pascal and some other guys that, and Gina Carano and some of the other ones that have been really heavily rumored to be in this. Well, earlier this week, Lucasfilm put up on StarWars.com this release. Lucasfilm is pleased to announce the cast of the first ever Star Wars live action series, The Mandalorian. 
Now remember, this is official. Pedro Pascal from Narcos has been cast in the title role as a lone Mandalorian gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy. He is joined by Gina Carano from Deadpool, Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad, Emily Swallow from Supernatural, Carl Weathers from The Predator, um, Omid Abtai from American Gods, Werner Herzog from Grizzly Man, and Nick Nolte from Affliction. Uh, we're having a great time working with this incredibly talented group and excited for everyone to see what we're up to, says executive producer John Favreau. Now, the rest of this we already pretty much know, but it says currently in production, The Mandalorian is written and executive produced by John Favreau with Dave Filoni from The Clone Wars and Rebels, directing the first episode and serving as executive producer alongside Kathy Kennedy and Colin Wilson. Additional episodic directors include... Deborah Chow from Jessica Jones, Rick Pamiwa from Dope, Bryce Dallas Howard from Soulmates, and Taika Waititi from Thor Ragnarok. And some of the rumors I've been hearing from other shows and things is that each of these um, directors have two episodes each. So that would be what we five directors there gives us ten episodes for the first season, which I believe is what we have confirmed. Correct. Yeah. So it's uh, getting it. It's getting real. They're filming. We got yeah. stuff flash drives and on memory cards because people are stealing memory cards now. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting. That we've got Carl Weathers in this. Yeah. And Nick Nolte. Yeah. And Nick Nolte. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, and then Gina Carano. I can see that because she's she's one of those up and coming it action girls right now. Yeah. I would love to see her as Bo Katan. Yeah. I really would. Or, I, don't, I can't see her as it, but maybe the next story we have could be where they're going to be using her. Um, you know, I. <laughs> I can't see her in this role, though. I, I, I can't see her in the role. I can see her more as Bo. Yeah. No, I want to see Katie Sackhoff to come back and do that, do it in live action. Oh, yeah. Now you're yeah. Like, yeah. No problem. But we, we could have her in another role because um, there was uh, Mandalorian takes place after the three films, right? After the original trilogy. I think seven years. I think they said seven okay. years after or approximately around seven years after A New Hope, which is two to three years after Return of the Jedi. Right. So it, Bo-Katan was um, what? Probably late teens during the um, end of the Clone War, right before Revenge of the Sith. Right. And then you 20 years on that to Rebels, yeah. approximately. We're dealing with round numbers here, so um, so that puts her almost 40, and it is put her at almost 50. So um, Gina Carano would oh, not be quite enough for this yet. True. And neither would mm-hmm. exact, but you could age her up some. Right. But you know, uh, supposedly, according to um, makingstarwars.com, or .com, right? Which is about 50-50 on their fictions. Um, they're saying that there's a source has revealed to them that the Mandalorian is using technology that allowed for real-time CGI to be displayed on the monitors, allowing a filmmaker to see a, ra- a rough version of a visual effect that what it would look like without having to wait. And the source also claimed that these effects were also being used with a visual rending, uh, rendering of Sabine Wren's helmet. So while the character herself has not been seen on set, the helmet has. I'm wondering if that's not also already just a, um, a 3D rendering that they already had from Rebels. Could they be. just use that as Could Yeah, be. yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. So they knew that they knew approximately what it would look like with whatever it is they are trying to show. Well, I, they if they wanted that at I don't know about Launch Bay 
Disneyland, but Launch Bay Disney World. And they have some cases that have helmets, like the different fighter pilot, pilot helmets. And in it is a Sabine Wren helmet that is supposedly the way the character would have worn, would wear it if there was live action. So it's been done. Yeah. And nothing says that they haven't pulled that out of that to do scans to do it for the show. Um, now, one explanation is that the helmet reportedly wasn't actually Sabine's. Uh, most Mandalorian helmets look the same with distinguishing characteristics being their color pattern. Uh, if the m- colors are misinterpreted, it's easy to see how the helmet could have been mis- could have been misidentified. But some of the stuff I've seen or heard, the description is it is Sabine's markings. Um, yeah, she had a distinctive well, style. Yeah. Well, there's also another possibility, too, that it could be Sabine's helmet, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have Sabine in the helmet. Right. Now, can't Man- be attached to her anymore. As, is, mm. um, as stated before, Mandalorian will take place roughly four years after the events of Star Wars Return of the Jedi, uh, with the finale of Star Wars Rebels confirming that Sabine survived up to that point as her final scenes depicted her going out into the galaxy with Ahsoka in hopes of finding Ezra Bridger. Her journey could end up taking part taking her parts of the galaxy where she would encounter the Mandalorian even if it was for one scene. Mm-hmm. That would be killer. Um, also too, one of the more memorable characters to jump from one medium to another uh, has been Thrawn. Uh, the character first appeared in a bunch of non-canon novels in the 90s um, with Dave Filoni bringing the character to the world of canon uh, with Rebels and with the character's popularity in recent years has led to countless theories that Thrawn will one day be featured in a live action film. Um, if not, Mandalorian could be a great place for him to show up as well. Yeah. Maybe even that Rogue One series. Uh, but given that Filoni is breaking into the world of live action uh, with the Star Wars series, um, it would make perfect sense that it would be one of his episodes that Sabine would appear. Though fans would have to settle for the speculation until we get the confirmation, which uh, Disney Plus has been pushed back because of uh, Europe and some new laws there. Um, so it could be late 2019 before Disney Plus launches and we get the Mandalorian. Well, I th- the stuff I saw on that was that um, it looks like they were pushing back the European launch. Oh, excuse me, but the American launch may still happen on schedule. Could be. Let's hope. So we can we can only hope. Uh, yeah. The interesting thing is, like they were talking about Filoni. I think if they if this Sabine does show up, I'm hoping it's a uh, because remember she's traveling with Ahsoka right now. Right. We make both of them. It'll probably it would probably be Filoni's second episode. That'd be great. Doing the premiere. I don't know if they would want to put this into the premiere because that might take away from everything else that's going on. Right. Unless you use two characters to bring you into the world, two characters that we already know to bring you in and drop you off wherever we're gonna be. Well, again, not knowing if the show's a half hour or an hour long, hopefully an hour. It's going to be an hour. Why not go ahead and introduce her to the in the first episode as you know part of the interaction is them leaving wherever going let us know if you find this person or ever come across this person and gone it'd be that quick that simple you know yeah 
Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. But so that's, that's pretty much it with uh, Mandalorian news. Yeah. Well, th- don't worry. We'll have plenty more coming up because the Mandalorian oh, yeah. they're getting all kinds of info. And, and oh, who, yeah, of course. And, and who knows what's gonna come out of uh, Celebration nineteen in April? Exactly. I would not mm-hmm. be seeing an actual first episode. To see if they didn't screen the premiere. Uh, I would not be surprised either. So, because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we get the Rogue One uh, pre Rogue One episode as well. See the the Rogue One prequel. I could see um, Mandalorian getting a first episode and that one getting the teaser. Yeah, that one I don't think unless see at least twenty twenty. Yeah, they might hold off on that. They probably wouldn't want to run both shows at the same time. Would be my guess. Well, it depends on what they also do with Marvel. If they put out two three shows with Marvel, then I don't not? think they're going to do that at the same time either. I think they're going to spread them out. Yeah. Have they even yeah. announced what shows they're doing for Marvel? Oh, no, they did announce a couple of them. Yes. Uh, the Bucky Falcon, mm-hmm. uh, Scarlet Witch, Loki. Loki, yeah. Uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision. Scarlet Witch Vision, yes. Um, there was something else. I don't remember. Anyway, mm. but let's let's kind of head into that gaming realm because you know, we all do like to unwind after a long day at work or weekend at work or just we want to shoot things and can't do it legally without going to jail. Unless you're really, really good at it. You still eventually get caught. <laughs> but there are ways around that. So, uh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Go ahead, Derek. Battle pods. <laughs> roger, roger. Uh, he says, get the segue. I'm just jumping in. <laughs> <laughs> the battle pods, Star Wars battle pods have been out for about four years now. Um, everybody who's played them loves them. I have not had a chance to play. I would like to. I have. I should find some. There's got to be some some in my area that I can try out. See, very, David Buster's usually have them, and mm. it's like a 2 or $3 game. Wow. Yeah. But um, it's, it's very simple similar to the uh, Star Wars arcade game that they put out, the last version of it where it was um, right. three original trilogy movies. It was a very, very mm. good version of it. Mm. That's similar to what Battle Pods is. It's like an updated version of that. Well, you know what's easier than trying to find a place to play the Battle Pods? Buying them for yourself, which you can do now for uh, a measly little price. Uh, the standard edition of the Star Wars Battle Pod will set you back about uh, $35,000. Oh. That's nothing. That's pocket change. Pocket change. Yeah. I'm glad you say so. So, uh, you know. One for each of us. If it, now hold on now hold on kids because you know if you just win the lottery or something you might also want to tr- go for the premium edition instead which comes with leather seats plush carpets a bound manual and an engraved plate with your name and a unique number on it and that that my friends is only a hundred thousand dollars you can get that for the price of a candy bar hundred grand get it Candy bar, like candy, yeah. hundred. That's yeah. there you go. Yeah, so uh, I'm still chewing on that one. Mm. Those were chewy candy bars. Yes, um, also, keep in mind those are the prices for the cabinet for the uh, the games themselves, and don't include postage and packing and handling and shipping and all that good stuff. Um, so the set the sets are about two point four meters high, which uh, is I don't know, I didn't do the math. 
Uh, half feet. Yeah. And 825 pounds. So, uh, yeah, just imagine how much that costs. Yeah. It probably costs almost as much as the actual actually, cabinet. That, um, you, but you have it shipped ship by truck? Probably only a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, actually, that's true. Yeah, it probably it's is. 100 bucks at the most. Yeah, you do like um, FedEx Freight or something. Um, 35 to 100 grand on it. Two to 300 bucks is not that much. That's true. Hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're interested in, in buying this beautiful piece of art, uh, you can go to uh, the Namco website, makers of the game, and get in touch with them to find out how you can purchase one for yourself. And good luck with that, kids. And, yes, uh, Namco, we will take sponsorship. <laughs> if you send us one of these, we will give you really, really detailed reviews of it. Sure, sure, yeah. Every day. Give us one. <laughs> I will set up a camera. I will set up a camera of me playing it to help me. I'll run on Twitch for like for days of me and anybody else who wants to sit down to play it. <laughs> I'll just leave it running 24 hours. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, if you did that, you could maybe get some sponsors and then you'd make the money back in or just charge all your friends to play the game and, uh, you know. Yeah, that that's going to help me sell it to the wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, right? She's an enabler, but she's not that much of an enabler. <laughs> yeah, my if, if I showed this to, to my wife and said, like, to get it, you know how quick I get laughed at? <laughs> See, but you could have Zoe help you. Yeah, no. First yeah, thing that's going to be said is, where do we have room? Which I agree with. Where do I have you room? So, I have no place to make room at. You know that couch in the living room? <laughs> Tear down a couple walls. No big deal. I, 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 I hope I can learn how to sleep in a confined space. Because that's where I'm going to be sleeping. So, anyway. Yeah, battle pods. I mean, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. Well, if you can't afford battle pods, though. Because you, you want to buy a, you know, a car or something instead. A house. Who needs battle pods? Mm. If you look at it, you got the seat. You got the joysticks there. You're good to go. Sure. Just slap some wheels on it. <laughs> a little bit more affordable is Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yeah. We have some more content coming. Now, they just released all the new Clone Wars content for it, which is some of it is awesome. I'm still waiting. I'm still trying to get into the new um, arenas. Is that what the new update was that we just the got? The latest was the Clone Wars one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Mike, finally, I've had it for, what, about six months now? Yeah. Mike, you just got it recently, and it's, okay. it's not the great shooter ever, but <laughs> it is. Here, here's my fun story. I bought the game, like, end of October. I should have just waited a month and got it <laughs> Black Friday weekend. Yeah. Mm. When EA Games had it for PC for like eight bucks. Nice. Yeah, no, I, I paid yeah. full price. Yeah, I think it was September, either um, August or September. Uh, Xbox was running a sale on it for I think it was ten or fifteen bucks for it. So that's when I picked it up. But it's been it's been a fun game to play. Like I said, it's not the greatest shooter ever, but I'm not a shooter player, so I'm playing it because it mm. starts. Yeah, and when in the middle of the Galactic uh, Assault version, which is basically just you're playing one side of the one of the battles, there are hundreds of other players and uh, things fighting against you and fighting for you and it's amazing it's fun <laughs> well now, i i did have to get a xbox controller for my pc uh because my logitech running the xbox controller emulator just wasn't really cutting it but i discovered too with some of my older games i cannot use the xbox controller comfortably because it yeah. even, even though you you map out how you want things it it doesn't map out right <laughs> 
Yeah, this one is definitely a um, console game that was ported over to PC. So you're better with a gamepad for it. Yeah. yeah. Huh. PC ported over to console, you're still, you're better with the mouse and um, keyboard. But this one here is not doesn't work that well. <laughs> I don't know. Having having the getting the um, Xbox controller actually is making the game really easy to play. Yeah. Well, like I said, it was kind of ported from console to the PC, so it was all the controls were designed for use on a console control pad. Yeah. So, but they have more new content coming now. For a long time, the people because you've been able to play as clone troopers for a long time. Well, I guess a lot of people were asking for the clone commanders skins for the clone commanders, and it looks like <laughs> I've been seeing this. And those, and they've made the announcement that the clone commanders are coming. These are guys like Commander Rex, Commander Cody, all of these go, these ones. Um, now, the developer Christian Johannesson uh, tweeted out a video from Dice. It says um, that was what I had to show for now figured it was only fair to show a little sample of what's in store for the clone wars we're just getting started see you on the other side of the new year and um the video shows uh let me make sure okay let me i can describe it as i'm watching there it goes one of the clone commanders actually in um it's just a new skin for the troopers so i'm wondering if they're going to make uh, these guys the um officers or what maybe a new skin for your officers maybe uh, maybe but it says the commander skin um for the clone wars actually comes free and players don't have to spend any extra grinding or equipment uh, for the look. Also, with that, DICE has also confirmed that they have um, they're going to update or be updating trooper skins from the 41st the 91st, the 104th and the 327th clone divisions in the game based on feedback from the community. I believe these are the ones you can actually buy with credits in game. And you actually earn the credits in game. You don't have to buy credits if you don't want to. And these are just straight skins. It's not, it doesn't affect how you play the game, which I, I I like DLC like that. Add on content. If you buy it, yeah, you to win, pay to make it look cool. I thought it was something that mm. you, you couldn't do, like the lo- the loot box type buying. It's it, on it, regular. It, now get the credits from the drop boxes daily, right? And from games, that's what that's what you use to actually buy these skins. But you you can't actually throw money into it during the game. No, it, it the the stuff you can buy in game so far that I've seen. Um, does not affect the actual game stats at all. It's all cosmetic, right. which I appreciate a lot more. I like that because then someone who doesn't want to spend anything is still on the even playing field with someone who wants to spend a whole bunch of money. Right. Pay to win games. I, I've never liked those. And, and yeah. that's what that's what the first Battlefront was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here also the the, the go the game did have a disastrous launch year. It seems that Battlefront Two is slowly starting to gain um, faith from the community again. The progressions the progression system had. Um, um, and or wait, the progression system and fixed and mu- the microtransactions have been ma- minimized, which is what I was talking about. They're all mostly cosmetic now. Um, plus, unlockable items like new characters can only be attained through actually playing the game. Actual money will only get you cosmetics. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Uh, for now, Battlefront 2 is still the Clone Wars season, but nothing too big is dropping in December. January will give us Count Dooku as a playable villain. Yeah. And the month of that gives us Anakin Skywalker. Now, we've already got, I've seen Obi-Wan Kenobi out there and General Grievous. Yeah, I've they, seen those. In- all they show in the one in the uh, community video is the uh, saber for, for Dooku. Yeah. Now, um, anybody who does play the game, the easiest way to actually see the hero and villains is there is an actual um, game mode called Heroes versus Villains and it's a four on four deathmatch style where you mm. put up as a villain or as a hero and they give um, the villain team like six villains to choose from and the hero team gets six heroes to choose from and you get to choose
choose one of those to play as, and then when you die, you respawn as you can choose one of the other ones that's not being used yet. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Good way to um, to actually just see the villains and heroes play with them and see how they play. Right. Um, yeah, otherwise, I, just as you build battle points in some of the larger uh, player versus player maps and stuff, you can um, you earn battle points to spend on use it to get these other characters in game. Right. See, I've been doing the uh, the actual story campaign, which I absolutely love that that's available on this. And, oh, and, and they, yeah. they've kind of done the same as the original Battlefront, Battlefront 2 lines, where the original Battlefront was the whole capture the flag, yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. Second one, you had the whole storyline where you're going through the history of the 501st and, and going from there. Yeah. Um, so, but, I mean, you also had the other the other stuff, but I, I like how this one, your the storyline is completely different and not the whole, oh, we're going through and the the history and the the evolution of Vader's fist. Uh, whereas this is an actual more of a like Dark Forces meets Battlefront with the storyline. Kind of. I don't know where you're at in the storyline, so I'm not going to spoil anything. But it gets interesting. So I've gotten past where you're at. I'm actually playing as Han Solo at the moment on Takadana, uh, and I believe the yeah mine is um, right after the First Order attack. I think. Okay. I'm trying to get off the. I'm trying to get off the planet. Gotcha. Or something like I don't. I gotta remember. It's been a minute since I've actually played the campaign because it's so it's easy just to sit down, play five minutes in um of a battle, and move on to something else. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of time to just sit and play the campaign. It, it, it's it's definitely when when you get stuck at one area and and you get killed and you have to respawn and redo the entire section. Yeah, like all right. <sighs> yeah, I do, really. I gotta go all the way back to here. I gotta say though, Ewoks <laughs> are vicious, and oh, the Ewok game Ewok, is awesome. Oh my my God, Ewok hunt. And the thing that kills me is I, I see these when I've played against other people or with other people, you know, when you start off at, because they want 20 and they take 15 as stormtroopers and five start off as Ewoks. And all the, and actually, if you notice with the stormtroopers, you don't have to kill anything. All you have to do is survive the night. Yeah. And you get mad <laughs> to survive the night, but, but the, you still got to try to survive <laughs> to the, extraction. The hard part is, is trying to get to that point. Uh-huh. Because I see, I see the other people doing the whole. Oh, I'm keeping the fly, my light on my gun on the whole time. Like, uh, it does run out. <laughs> yeah, I'll wait like, for it to recharge. And the problem with the stormtroopers is you cannot see anything in the dark. No, that's when you gotta, that's when you got to trust it. the map, or or <laughs> yeah. or go through the whole down Tie Fighter area. But no. It's, it's a pretty cool game. I've made it to extraction once. I've gotten down to two minutes. Yeah, and the the best part I don't think we I don't remember I don't think we've said it here yet that when you die as a stormtrooper you come back as an Ewok and start hunting the stormtroopers. Yeah, Ewok army <laughs> bigger the longer the game goes. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to all that coming too. I, I need to check out the the clone the Clone Wars add on because I haven't been on since. The new update i just saw oh there's an update um well, so the only thing with it is um i may have just missed it but so far it looks like um like when you're playing galactic assault you don't get to choose where you want to do um fight at it's just a random whatever battles open that's the one they put you in or whatever they're loading in on okay i, I could deal with that. oh really a lot of battlefields i've never seen i've had this game like i said since august or september and i just now saw star killer base like yesterday huh. oh wow well i will i'll speak in which i finally rode uh uh, 
with my best friend from high school. We went and rode Star Tours. And I told you guys, when, when we went to ride earlier in the summer, I, I wasn't feeling good, so I didn't ride it because they don't offer the, the flight check anymore. Um, and I was told, oh, we went to Hoth, which is like the one planet I wanted to go to because I really love the walkers. But when I went with my best friend from high school while his family were off doing other things, I finally got to Hoth. Cool. I'm so excited. I finally got to Hoth. Nice. And it was so worth the wait to get to it. I think Hoth, to me, Hoth is the best planet to go to. It, it, it's it's definitely the the most uh, entertaining. Well, with all the snow, uh, it's just what you do there. One, you know, you're you're helping blast a an at at. Uh, you're caught on this cliffside, and it rocks forward, and now the shuttle becomes like a bobsled going through this. Uh, ravine. It, it, it's just, it's cool. It, it really is. <laughs> so, um, so I guess there's, you have more gaming news. Indeed. Um, so earlier this year, there was an announcement from Respawn Entertainment about a new Star Wars project that they were working on, um, which was to be called Jedi Fallen Order. And uh, we have mentioned it before. Um, there weren't uh, many details available at the time but it looks like there might there's some new info that has just emerged um however this came out on reddit so just keep that in mind uh you know um take it with a grain of salt as the saying goes <laughs> uh, um but of course uh but based on the report the game is supposedly taking place in 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 canon approximately five years after the events that occurred in revenge of the sith uh, it's going to focus on a character named Cal, who was a Padawan, but after Order 66, the infamous Order 66, in which the Jedis were all killed, uh, or almost all of them, uh, Cal has kept a low profile and managed to escape their wrath. Uh, there was also the possibility of Cal's mentor being in the game, a woman by the name of Cersei. Uh, little is known about her. But it looks like the two of them could likely run into some familiar characters in the Star Wars universe, particularly from the comic books, which Ooh. is interesting. Um, the report also indicates that we could see some Inquisitors, uh, including yeah, the Ninth could, Sister and the... Huh? That could be fun. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Uh, and the Second Sister. Um, apparently, this Reddit user went to a presentation by the company, Respawn Entertainment, and although no new gameplay details were revealed, there was some promotional artwork being put together for it. And uh, one particularly noteworthy thing that came out of this was the time to, um, in which the game has a suggested release month of November 2019. Uh, that would follow Electronic Arts's release mantra over the past couple of years, releasing Star Wars Battlefront in November 2017, uh, Battlefield 5 last month, and it would also align with the release of a little indie film called Episode 9. It's not an indie film anymore. Which is, com- <laughs> which is coming out 
in December 2019. Now, is Respawn Entertainment an EA studio? I believe so. I don't know, because they've been working, well, they work with a lot of outside studios. Remember, DICE is the one that made... Uh, yeah, Battle that's Battle. true. But yeah. They work with EA. Well, I right. want to say DICE is owned by EA. I don't know. Yeah, DICE is owned by EA. So is, so is BioWorld. Wait, not BioWorld. Yeah. I think... A lot of the smaller studios. Who, who's the one that, that is owned by, uh, or who, who's, who's the one who did, uh, Kotar, the online Bioware. Bioware. Yeah, Bioware. yeah they're owned that by is- EA. Now I'm looking. I'm looking at Respawn's website, and it says Respawn. Uh, there's the EA logo underneath. Uh, says they're the ones behind Titanfall. Yeah, huh? and it also says at the very bottom, copyright 2018 Electronic Arts Incorporated. Yeah. Mm. Well, Titanfall. I didn't play a lot of it. Um, Vicky, my wife. The reason we have Xbox is because she loves Halo, and um, she got Titanfall. She li- she liked Titanfall. The problem is there was no um, single player mission, but the standalone. Remember that was during the time when they did a couple of them. Right. This one came, Fall came out, Battlefront came out, a couple of other ones that didn't have a standalone mission. So you really couldn't figure out how to learn the game. You just kind of get right. dropped in all of it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it is part of EA Games. Um, I did. I missed. Did they say what type of game this is or is supposed to be? No, they haven't yet. They haven't specified. Well, we're due for actually due for a good um, RPG, Star Wars RPG. We've not had yeah. anything really since KOTOR 2. Yeah. yeah the, uh, other than the regular Knights of the Old Republic um, um, MMO, yeah. which is still running, I believe. Wow, that's a pretty decent list. So here, here's the list of, uh, of current studios for EA. Uh, BioWare, uh, which is Edmonton and Austin, Te- Edmonton, Alberta and Austin, Texas. Uh, Chilolingo in England. Uh, Criterion in England. Um, EA Baton Rouge, which used to be the North American Testing Center. Or testing center. Um, EA Vancouver. EA Casual Entertainment. EA China. EA Deutschland. EA Dice in Stockholm. EA France. EIS. EA, uh, EA India. EA Japan. EA Japan Studio. EA Kitchener which is Kitchener, Ontario, EA Brazil, Spearhead, Dice, um, EA Romania, uh, Dice Los Angeles, uh, EA Russia, EA Galloway, EA Mobile, EA Montreal, EA San Francisco, EA Singapore, EA Tiberian. Hmm. I'm familiar with that one because it's here in Maitland, Florida. I've play tested. I've been a play tester there quite a few times. Alpha tester. Uh, Ghost Games, Motive Studios, PopCap. I did not realize PopCap uh, is EA. Yeah. Like I said, EA has been buying up a lot yeah. of the studio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the Sims Studio. Uprise. I knew about Uprise. EA Capital Games, uh, which was formerly Click Nation, then BioWare Sacramento. Uh, Frostbite Labs, Respawn Entertainment, EA Redwood Studios, Track 20, and Industrial Toys. Um, Reds, or Respawn has been... They are responsible for Call of Duty, the Call of Duty franchise uh, at Infinity War before it was, uh, and the studio was acquired uh, about a year ago by EA. Um, but it was founded by Jason West and, and Vince 
Zampella, uh, who were responsible for the Call of Duty franchise. Uh, games developed 2014 Titanfall, 2016 Titanfall 2, um, 2019 Untitled Virtual Virtual Reality Project, and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So that's where we're at. I'm wondering if um, if that may not be considering what Knights of the Old Republic was. I'm wondering if this is not going to be an action RPG. Um. Well, in 2014, this is looking at their Wikipedia. Stig Asmussen, who previously worked at Sony Santa Monica on the God of War series, had joined the studio as game director. Um, from the job listings in 2016, it was found that the project was to be a third-person action adventure game. On May 4th, 2016, Star Wars Day, Asmussen announced Respawn Entertainment was making a third-person Star Wars game, later to reveal, be revealed Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order at E3 2018. So it's going to be a third person, third person yeah. game, a third person shooter, I guess. Well, it said action adventure, which is, it's not usually as much shooter as um, kind of they take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit, of, you know what I mean? More like a, yeah. an action adventure game, a po- action adventure puzzle game. And, and then we get the Star Wars version of the facts of life. Well. <laughs> Sorry. If we were doing the Gary Good News, I had to throw that that one in there, too. A little of this, a little of that, and then get the... Sorry. I'm getting a little slap happy. Yeah. <laughs> Which could be great, considering uh, we may be getting a trailer, a, a teaser trailer for Episode 9 on Christmas Day. Uh, it's already been a busy month for rumors and reports um, about the film, but it'd be kind of cool that uh, we, we may be just weeks away from the first teaser. Now, this is this is unverified and we know security around the script and everything has been extremely tight amongst the cast. Um, but this report also from making star Wars.net alleges that there's some sort of star Wars related promotional content coming our way Christmas morning. Well, what's Christmas morning? The Disney Christmas special featuring the parades from uh-huh. Disneyland and Disney world, which were filmed mm. first week in November. Mm. Um, apparently one of the site sources was at Disney World where a Disney Channel commercial was being filmed in which the following line could be heard clearly stay tuned for a first new look at a galaxy far far away now Mm. with Star Wars that can mean almost anything yeah that almost sounds to me like it's Galaxy's Edge could be that I mean considering that the Christmas parade and, and even the the Christmas special for Disney Channel which is almost essentially showing the par- a different variation of the parade or a different take on it um is usually a here's a promo for the parks not our movies um it's probably the commercial may just very well be for Star Wars the Galaxy's Edge especially considering one we now have a steel frame for the Falcon here in Orlando. We have a fully skinned Falcon in California. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, we have most of the details of the Falcon ride out there now. Yeah. 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 And we still have a few details on on the other ride, which supposedly you go halfway through, stop, get out, and then walk the rest of the way. Blasting stormtroopers. What's that? You really called that a ride then? Yes. It's a ride experience. I would say a ride experience. Experience or an attraction, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Well, all the the rides are considered attractions. Yeah. So, um, So, yeah. Personally, I agree with the person on this story. 
Um, is this came from we got this covered.com. I don't think we're getting the trailer. I think what, um, I mean, I'm not denying what the person heard is legit, but it, it's going to be for Galaxy's Edge. It's going to be for Black Spire, not, not the trailer. Yeah. Because as they said, you know, they were overhearing, overhearing what they say where a Disney Channel commercial was being filmed. No, it was not a Disney Channel commercial. It was a, if they're hearing and stay tuned for a first new look at the Galaxy, at a galaxy far, far away. That's not. That's not a channel. Well, it could be turned into a commercial. The chances are, it's actually a segment for the Disney Channel show, which they have been known at times to take sections out of that out of, out of that particular show to turn into a brief commercial as well for something a little later. So you know, now that I hear it, you know that being said out loud, it does sound more like it would be for the park for the, the Galaxy's Edge to me. Than the movie, yeah. You know, let's let's take a look at a galaxy far, far away. It, yeah, it sounds more like it would be for the park. Yeah. So, um, they may use this to reveal more information about the resort side. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. We've seen all this building and everything's being done for Galaxy's Edge. We've not seen much of anything about this new resort hotel they're doing. It's I, I'm trying to remember. I don't go by it by there often, but the last time I was around that area, I still hadn't seen anything construction wise yet. I mean, I know they're clearing land, but I don't think they've actually started building construction. Wow, because isn't it supposed to open with Galaxy's Edge shortly after? But where Galaxy's Edge isn't slated to o- to really open till late next year here. Yeah, I mean California at this point in time. There, there's some rumors saying it may not open in in May like they would want it to. It may be a late summer because mm. they're, they're a few months behind. So, but yeah, that's where we're at there. I, I don't, I, I think the tease we're going to get is um, is the parks, not the film. Yeah. I, and I mm. and I say that, I, I'm going to go full disclaimer. Yes, I do work for the company. I This type of information I don't have with what I do at, with the company. I mean, I knew eight weeks before it actually happened that they were going to do the overlay of the Death Star on Spaceship Earth. And you guys hated me for it. <laughs> uh, and I will, I will say with that, it definitely looked better in person than it did on film just the way the film or the cameras pick it up it, it looked better in person mm. when you saw it with the naked eye um yeah but no i wasn't involved with filming no one really said much anyone i knew really didn't say much about it either so i don't think i don't think it was that big of a deal so chances are it's just a tease for the for the parks because that's what christmas day christmas morning is it's the it's the show on abc because i think one for disney channel will be either later that night or or day before or day after or that weekend yeah i haven't checked schedule so if they're saying christmas christmas eve or if they're saying christmas morning that's that's the that's the disney parade or disney mm-hmm. parades because they they split they bounce it between california and here and then they they do add some stuff from the other parks around the world as well but it's primarily here and here in california well so, then i don't i don't doubt that the, we could be getting the trailer before the end of the year because JJ did that for episode seven. It, the trailer dropped right around Thanksgiving of the year before the right. first teaser. Mm. We could see it at some point here, but I don't think this is going to be it. Yeah, but we already. It's, also, it's been a long time since any movie studio premiered a trailer on live television. It usually, hits the same time. At this point in time, if we don't get the tra- if we don't get an actual trailer on Christmas, then I'm going to say it's going to be coming Super Bowl. Super Bowl Possibly. Sunday is is when I would. Expect. Expect it. Well, wait. Um, which bowl games do 
does um, ABC have? You may get it like during the Rose Bowl or something. Does ABC? I don't even know. Now, ABC has the championship. I don't know if they have any of the bowl games. Nah, I doubt we'd see it then. Yeah, that's not as big. A, they want to put as many eyes on it as they can. Yeah, that's another reason why I don't think the um, Christmas parade broadcast is going to get this. Mm. Some people do that, but most people on uh, Christmas morning are not watching television. Right. Um, I still say that new studios need to go back to um, premiere them in the theaters and then on Monday drop it on the Internet. Right. Like put it in Mary Poppins Returns and then on Monday morning it is dropped everywhere on YouTube. Right. Uh, New Year's, around New Year's, you have uh, the Outback Bowl in Tampa on ESPN. You have the Citrus Bowl on ABC at 1 p.m. Uh, Fiesta Bowl on ESPN at 1 p.m. Uh, Rose Bowl on ESPN at 5 and Sugar Bowl New Orleans 8.45 p.m. on ESPN. They're not going to drop this on ESPN. No. <laughs> even though they did drop... No way. Even though they did drop Captain Marvel on the, during the Monday Night Football. Yeah. But the College Football Championship game is January 7th on ESPN. So maybe there. No. Maybe. No, it'll probably be Good Morning America or something like that again, because they've done that one. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's going to be a Super Bowl thing. At this point in time, if you're, if you're not dropping it Christmas morning with the ABC parade special, I would just save it for another month, month and a half, and drop it Super Bowl. You're going to spend the money, do it right. Yeah. And, and make it that sought-after thing. Well... We do have um, some confirmed things that are coming now. Uh, this is over in the book news, though. Is that We're speculating on this trailer and everything for episode nine. Well, Lucasfilm and Del Rey, last week, I believe, this is actually one of the news stories from last week they bumped to this week, has announced that Timothy Zahn is actually writing the third of his Thrawn novels, which is no big surprise. He works well in trilogies. Right. I did not see that coming. <laughs> well, it looks like we have Star Wars Thrawn Treason, the sequel to Thrawn from 2017, which was basically the origin of Grand Admiral Thrawn, and Thrawn Alliances that had Thrawn and Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker, because it was running a dual storyline together, um, that came out, I think, um, yeah, the, actually, yeah, Alliances came out this past summer, 2018. Yeah, yeah. Well, the new book is set in the aftermath of the demise of the um, TIE Fighter Project, Defender project from Star Wars Rebels, and after it's, um, yeah, the device of the dies in Star Wars Rebels, after it's killed in favor of the Death Star project, the new book fo- follows the titular character as he grapples with an impossible choice. Heed a warning from his former aide, Eli Vanto, who brings word that Thrawn's homeworld is in danger or remain loyal to the Empire that he has pledged to serve. Now, we all know that Zahn is an extremely important character to the Star Wars universe, enough so that, um, well, one, the book Heir to the Empire um, could, uh, you could almost say single-handedly, brought back, brought into existence the extended universe of um, the, from the original version of Star Wars. In 91, that was the, the book that they got everybody because Star Wars was pretty much dead, almost dead at that point. Mm-hmm. And then Enter the Empire hit, and all of a sudden Star Wars went back through the roof out of nowhere. I mean, the Hasbro went back to making, or Hasbro bought and started making toys. Kenner was back into doing it again. Everybody's like, wait, wait, maybe there is some life in Star Wars. All yeah. from when they returned to the Empire. The only thing that was going with Star Wars at that before Enter the Empire was the West End role playing games. 
and role playing game people were loving it, but it, people outside of the gaming industry, tabletop gaming industry, had no idea what Star Wars was anymore, <laughs> or they were pretending that they didn't remember. Well, mm. um, while a lot of um, what was rendered non-canon as soon as Disney bought Lucasfilm, brought, Thrawn was actually brought back in Rebels and brought right back into canon by Don, Dave Filoni, and um, and then Zahn, Timothy Zahn has actually used the novels since then to actually put together who is Thrawn, this new version of Thrawn, which we've talked about multiple times on here when we were reviewing Rebels and these books, and it has been amazing. So it's going to be cool to see what they do with Thrawn Treason coming next summer to all your bookstores and everywhere else. It's part of a, several tie-in novels that are coming um, next year. Alphabet Squadron from Alexander Freed, Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnson, and Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. Now, I know Master and Apprentice, I believe, is an Obi-Wan and Anakin story. I believe so. I'm not sure of the other two. I know E.K. Johnson did the Soka book, which was uh, I thought was awesome. Yes. And Queen's Shadow, that may be a uh, Padme book. Because remember, we saw the um, the teasers for what was coming for next year had a lot of prequel stuff in it. Yeah. So these may all be prequel books, which Thrawn drops right in the middle of the prequel, or not the prequel, in uh, right before the original trilogy. This one will be. Well, and it, I think a lot of these will lead right up into his appearance in Rebels as well. Well, this is after, or actually in the time when he is left and before he comes back. Because remember, for a minute there, after the TIE Defender program was d- taken down, he was gone, and then he came back to finish off the um, right. seed lap. So it's going to be fun to see where they go with this. Yeah. So, um, well, let's, as we get close to Christmas again, let's wrap with a couple collectible stories. Is that me first? Yeah, because yeah. this, yeah. <laughs> this, this collectible will suit you more than it will suit me. <laughs> Actually, sure, Mister. You got think you guys have gotten still closer to you than we have us lately. Yeah. Um. So Columbia Sports has put out some interesting Star Wars related products. Yep. And this year they they kind of went a different route, and instead of doing a uh, a coat based on something out of Star Wars directly, they have done a coat based on the crew who worked on Star Wars. Um, specifically, the crew that worked on Empire the Sh- Empire the Strikes <laughs> em- the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I'm getting tired. <laughs> um, especially on the Hoth scene, they all had a special jackets that they wore, and Columbia has done their best to replicate while also kind of modernizing the jacket. And uh, it looks pretty interesting. Um, So during production in 1979 in Norway, uh, the host scenes were filmed in the remote town of Fence, which is often buried in snow and surrounded by glaciers and avalanche-prone mountains. Yeah. So when the uh, actors looked cold on in the Haas scenes, they actually were cold. Um, and you can see that in the behind-the-scenes photos from Empire. Um, everyone is always bundled up, even when they're not filming. Um, and w- the one item that always stands out is the jacket that was specifically made for the crew while filming. Is a bold blue parka with popping stripes on the upper sleeves, a custom nameplate above the left pocket, and other Star Wars themed details, including a patch on the left arm, and finally, the coup de grace, a hauntingly cool Vader in flames on the front chest. Uh, the Empire parka was 
custom-made crew gear. Um, and Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and even director Irving, Irving Kirchner all wore um, and of course, that makes it a holy grail among collectors, which also is due to the fact that they are incredibly hard to find, as only a few dozen were made, and even fewer are known to exist today. Right. But if you ever wanted to have one of those jackets for your very own, well, you're in sort of in luck. You, can't, you, you might not be able to get the actual jacket, but you can get this this uh, pretty sweet replica that was revealed by Lucasfilm and Columbia who have teamed up to create the Star Wars Empire Crew Parka, a limited edition jacket inspired by the famous on-set winter outerwear, which, as of December 7th, was available for only $500. Only? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, the coat blends modern tech into the Parka's classic look. It features a super cool Vader patch in the style of the original and includes a few surprises. Um, so, as I mentioned before, before Columbia and Lucasfilm collaborated on some other movie jackets uh, uh, inspired by Rogue One and Empire, but those are all character based jackets. And this year they wanted to do something different. And according to uh, Lacey Prince, senior manager, product design and development at Lucasfilms, uh, one of the things we thought about was what would our fans be excited? Uh, they're excited about things that are nostalgic. They're excited about the original series. So we just started doing some research. Was there anything cool and special in episodes four, five, and six that we haven't explored before? Oddly enough, we came across some of the crew photos. There's some really great imagery of Mark and Carrie together and just really got us thinking. Like, what if we tried to do something that wasn't necessarily inspired by what the characters were wearing in the film, but what the crew had. And that could be something we haven't done before. So, of course, uh, you know, that it was quite a process getting this jacket made. Um, they loved the, the colors of the jacket and the fact that they were different than what fans might otherwise associate with Empire. It is a cool idea that they're doing the crew jackets instead of just another character jacket. Um, but it was a, but Prince said it was a puzzle to figure out if that was a big part of this, the investigation, investigative work behind the scenes, you know, finding a photo, but then finding who owns the rights to that photo, who owns the jacket, does the company still exist, are there trademark issues? Those were all things we had to explore and clear from a legal perspective before we could proceed. And uh, the question, the answers to those questions often came from some surprise sources. Uh, Lucasfilm and Columbia located Harold Leistad, general manager of 20th Century Fox in Norway during the making of Empire, who was the person who actually placed the order for the crew jackets during production. And he also suggested Fintz as the stand-in for Hoth to producer Gary Kurt scouting the exact glacial location with him by helicopter. And he told him, it's really cold up there. It's minus 10 to 20 degrees Fahrenheit. So I got in touch with a Norwegian supplier of ski gear, and we decided what to make. <laughs> um, the, other, the other function of the jackets was to make the crew easily identifiable and make it more difficult for press or fans to see 
sneak onto the set. Um, of course, the most important function was keeping everyone warm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Lyostad said, uh, I remember picking up Harrison Ford at the airport. He came out in jeans and a T-shirt and a small jacket. It was about minus 20 degrees, and he was very happy getting the bag with all the gear. Um, then... Interestingly enough, it turns out that the company that made the jackets no longer exists. Of course. Uh, they discovered more photos, and Lucasfilm and Columbia found that they had clearance to create their own version of the parka. The only thing that was left was to get their hands on an original. So they looked around, and they found a gentleman named Gus Lopez, who is one of the world's biggest Star Wars collectors, who actually owns two of the jackets. Um, Lopez was looking, wanted one of the jackets since he was a kid, and uh, one of the areas he specializes in is cast and crew items. So he put some feelers out among the collecting community, and he purchased a jacket, and then he got a second jacket framed for five years ago when he was contacted by Lucasfilm for this project. Uh, I would say, uh, I think there was, that's a separate thing. He got the jacket framed and then he was contacted Lucasfilm. What were you going to say? I would say, I would think there'd be at least one archives. Apparently not. Um, so in creating what would become the star Wars empire crew park, Columbia and Lucasfilm didn't want to make a simple reproduction or something that was stuck in the past. Um, wanted to make a true functional piece of outerwear. So the goal was to de- design something that was definitely identifiable as the Empire Crew jacket, but modernized, incorporating all of the advances that the fashion industry has seen in the intervening years. Um, so they added some new technologies and fabrications. Um, so the exterior is pretty much almost an exact replication. Um, but the warmth factor is brought by today's standards, uh, because if you open up the jacket, there's all the incredible technology. Um, it's waterproof, breathable, and features a seam-sealed outer layer, along with the company's patented patented inner omni-heat thermal reflective lining. And in, it has a removable, adjustable hood with removable faux fur trim, two-way collar, ribbed comfort cuffs, wrist zips, and multifunctional pockets. Then there's the patch. Mm. Uh, the Star Wars Empire crew parka wouldn't be complete without the patches seen on the original jacket, including the Star Wars patch on the left arm and especially the Vader emblem on the upper right chest. Um, they sent out their art team to the factory to follow. Uh, and originally with the Darth Vader patch on the front, they were going to modernize it with a new weave structure. But as a team in collaboration with Lucasfilm decided that making these more retro to pay homage to the original was really the right call. Uh, So thanks to a Velcro patch on the upper left chest, fans can also customize their parkas with their own names, just like the crew did. And another interesting thing is this one more patch related surprise. Each parka includes an inner patch with the coordinates of the glacier that I cannot pronounce. (laughs) That was the exact shooting location of the hot scenes um to add you you know some fun little easter eggs 
So the jacket actually comes boxed in a nice little Star Wars box. And uh, it's a really nice item. And it, as I said, it was it came out December 7th. Uh, you can get it at Columbia.com slash Star Wars or in store at select Columbia branded retail locations in the U.S., Canada, Europe, China, Hong Kong, Japan and Korea for five hundred dollars sold out. Mm, figures. It's Not only that, out. but Mark Hamill. Mm. Mark Hamill has signed thirty Star Wars Park Empire Crew Parkers for a good cause. The signed jackets will sell for a price of one thousand nine hundred and eighty dollars, eh? which is a nod to the film's release year. And all proceeds are going to be going to college access programs and scholarships. Very and cool. those you, those you can get at only at Columbia Brand Retail locations in New York, Buena Vista, Florida, downtown Portland, Flagship, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington. Yeah, I'm going to have to go to the Columbia store at Disney Springs and check it out. But while I'm there, I'm also going to pick up this year's Holiday Droid. Uh, this was something they started mm. back in 2015 um, that was making themed droids for the parks. Um, first, it, this whole thing started uh, a few years ago with R2-D60 celebrating the 60th anniversary of Disneyland. And while that became such mm-hmm. a success, um, that Christmas was R2-H50. Which was the an R two unit in green, white, and red, uh, and of course the H stands for holiday, and the fifteen is the year it was released. Um, they got so much feedback from that first one, positive feedback, that they have extended it to Halloween and other theme celebrations. Now with the hol- with the holiday ones, uh, so far. There's been four released. R2-H15, R2-H16, which is more of a red bot, a red astromech uh, with a white dome, and is wearing um, like a, a toque with the ear flaps, which is cute. Um, a white and gold R3-H17, uh, toning some mistletoe, and this year's R4-H18. Um, and is somewhat of a different departure as this R4 unit sports a clear body and comes with a drink tray. So it's almost got that icy look to it. Um, so, so, yeah, it's kind of cool seeing seeing all these. Um, I know I own, it, I want to say I own at least three of them. I'm not sure if I have all four. I have this year's. I have 16. I don't remember if I have 17. But I've also got, I don't, I'm not sure if I got 15 either. But I do have the May the 4th from 16. And I have the uh, Halloween one from 16. They were 16 or 17. This year's Halloween was uh, an R4 that was done up like a piece of candy corn. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm just waiting for those to show up at uh, at the cast discount store so I can pick those up. So that's going to pretty much wrap it up. Uh, any quick final thoughts? Yeah, I guess I'll go first. Um, next month is going to be a good month for Indiana Jones fans as starting January 1st, all of the Indiana Jones movies will be coming to Netflix. That includes Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, The Last Crusade, and that fourth one there. 
Um, and of course, Rogue One will be leaving January 18th. And then Solo, a Star Wars story, will be coming on January 9th. So keep your eyes open for those, kids. You can have some nice nostalgia there. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be awesome to see. I mean, I have all the Indiana Jones on um, DVD. But be able to just stream it anytime I want. Yeah, I have them all on Blu-ray. Mm, which, yeah. which is great, too. But, you know, as you said, out and about, don't have a disc player with you to be able to stream them. Be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my, my Christmas wish list. Too. Basically, I still, I still need the original six um, bundle Star Wars digital pack. I have everything on Blu-ray, but it's nice to have the digitals. I have everything else on digital. I just don't have the, the original six. The the digi- the Blu-rays, getting the original six with the three bonus discs is really cool. Yeah. Well, I have that. Yeah, the nine disc collection. Yeah. That has some awesome stuff on it, but it's still, it'd be nice to have the digital so that like you said, so you don't have to actually get up and put the disc in. Yeah. So, mm. But someone else who knows a lot about technology and things and the, the, the way these discs and things work would be a man by the name of John Knoll. Well, John Knoll, we know um, we it's not a name that's um, unknown to Star Wars fans. He is ILM's chief creative officer, and he's being honored this year by the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences. In case anybody doesn't not sure who that is, that's the people who give out the Oscars. And it says, nine technical achievements represented by 27 individuals, um, individual award re- recipients, including ILM's John Knoll, will be honored at the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences Scientific and Technical Awards presentation on February 9th at the Beverly Hill Wilshire in Beverly Hills. Scientific and Engineering Awards um, Academy plaques will be presented to David Simmons, Daniel Wilk, James Acavella, Michael Natkin, and David Cotter for Adobe After Effects, Oscar-winning VH- VFX supervisor John Knoll, Thomas Knoll, and Mark Hamburg for Adobe Photoshop, and Pixar's lead Ed Cadmull, Tony DeRosa, and uh, Joss Stam for their subdivision services science. It says each year the Academy forms a diverse community made up of nearly 60 experts on the technology of filmmaking uh, tasked with examining the tools that artists use to create films. Doug Robble, chair of the Scientific and Technical Awards Committee, said last Wednesday in a statement, this year the committee is recognizing nine technologies from around the world. These extraordinary contributions to the science of filmmaking have elevated our art form to incredibly new heights. So congratulations to John. I believe wasn't John Knoll also the uh, where the idea for Rogue One came from? Uh, I don't remember. Or am I am I misremembering that? That sounds familiar, but yeah. not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Well, cool. So this is to John. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'm just going to end it with this. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. Placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. <laughs> I felt a great disturbance in the force. I fear something terrible has happened. <laughs> 